I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of Relentlessly Resilient, where real people share their real-life experiences and the tools they've developed to move forward and live their best lives. I'm Jenny Taylor. And I'm Michelle Scharf. I'm so excited today. It's summer. June. <laughs> and it's summer, but it's actually raining outside the studio yeah. right now. It's kind of crazy. The, the water year that Utah never knew it needed. Well, I guess we always knew we needed. We just weren't sure we'd get it all so much at once. Yeah. So... We have decided today that we wanted to have just a little casual conversation, not only with Jenny and I, but with our amazing producer, Kelly Ann Halverson. And we want to talk about loss and creating new memories and opportunities to vacation and what that looks like after loss. And especially loss. kind of in that summer environment where here we are. Summer's fun. Summer has a totally different dynamic, especially if you've got kids in the home or uh, you know, maybe you don't have that school rigidity and there's a little bit more freedom and there's that opportunity to create memories. But with those opportunities to create memories can also come triggers for previous yeah. memories. And I want to jump in and start with one that has kicked off summer for my family and that's high school graduation. So believe it or not, our oldest child just graduated high school and it was everything every other mom has ever said it is. It's exciting. It's emotional. It's all the 18 years of parenting that feels like it went in slow motion of just crazy day to day. I can't possibly keep up with this. All of a sudden, it's like, whoa, I blinked. And 18 years are gone. And in our case, the graduation for our high school up in the Ogden area was held in the same building on the campus of Weber State University where we held Brent's funeral. Yeah, and that so had to be hard. It, it In and of itself... Let's talk maybe for a minute, Michelle, how places can be a trigger. Yeah. We're talking about memories, and building new memories is so important. Giving space for old memories is important. Maybe letting go of what you thought those memories needed to look like in the future can be important. But I'll tell you, there's something about a physical space. Even if you're not consciously thinking of it, it's kind of like your body just knows where you are. Yeah. When you're in that place <laughs> where this is where, in our case, we held Brent's funeral. Or this is where I went with my dad mm -hmm. on a trip or something. But so graduation. That's the first place I met you. I'm just thinking about that. Oh, my goodness. The first time we ever met. The in first person. time we ever met in person. Yeah. That is isn't crazy. It, isn't that crazy? And yeah. so those, those memories come back. And I remember meeting you and another fellow widow friend. And I remember you said to me something like, you're still in the fog. <laughs> and I think it's because I was in that moment, as heavy as the emotions were, you are kind of in a fog, and especially during viewings or visitation, there's so many people that come to express their love and their sorrow. And so we're in this space on the D-Event Center floor, receiving all this love and sharing memories and laughing together and crying together. And then fast forward, it's almost been five years, and I'm sitting in that same venue. And instead of being on the floor where the program is, I'm up in one of the billion bleacher seats watching my baby girl walk 
just makes me emotional even to think about it. And I'm not like an overly emotional. Um, well, yes, I am. Never mind. I lie. I cry all the time. <laughs> but, you know, she's she's in her cap and gown. She's graduated with straight A's. She's got a great scholarship and future ahead of her. And I know that she knows that both of us are looking around thinking, it'd be really cool if my dad were here. Yeah. You know, regardless of how great. And the day was great. And grandparents came and supported her and friends. And But... It's it's kind of that unspoken absence, or it's kind of the gaping hole. Yeah, when you're having, you can still be very happy, and I'm grateful for that. I feel like it was still a beautiful day. It wasn't just I feel a triggering like, day. It was both. Right, but I, <clears throat> regardless of the location, it would have been a triggering day anyway because right. we want milestone. Our, right, it's a milestone. We want our spouses there with us. We want them there for our children. It's just hard anyway, but to be in that particular building, that's just, it feels like that was more emotion. Were you emotional at the time or were you able to? I was, it's interesting for me. I tend to always be more emotional leading up to it. Mm -hmm. And I almost make myself worried with emotion about how it might be. And then that day really was beautiful. It, for one thing, it's a busy day. Mm-hmm. And I, most people who know me will know I do well when I'm busy. Like, mm-hmm. keep me busy and my mind can only go so far. In fact, we joke, graduation was first thing in the morning. Took the whole morning. We went to lunch. It was beautiful. After lunch, we went home and kind of settled the kids and straightened up a bit. And Megan got ready to go celebrate with friends. And as the afternoon set in and I was starting to kind of feel all the emotion because the day slowed down, mm-hmm. my son broke his leg. And so it was kind of like, well, there's only so much time to sit in That was all the emotion. same day. I oh, yeah. saw that same on day. Facebook yeah. and I thought, when are your kids going to stop with this? I know. Well, when you have seven, like, it sounds like we're in the clinic a lot, but we are probably in the clinic seven times more likely than the average kid. Right. Because between us. But in a way, I almost laughed, like, recognizing I'm glad that we had the emotions of that day. And then the reality is... Life does keep going. And yep. we've talked about that so many yeah. times where you feel like the world has stopped. These milestones come. These triggers come. These emotions come. And then guess what? Somebody might break their leg. Yeah. Or you, the phone might ring. Or you might need to go do the dishes. Or you have an appointment. Or it's time to go back to work. And I think that's where some of these memories that trigger old memories. And you almost have to... I hate saying let go because let go and move on are just so awful terms, but maybe give space Uh is a better term. Another example that I had recently, I was down in Utah County near BYU, the college where Brent and I met with this favorite place we used to always eat. We just always would go. We'd usually get a coupon as uh, dating or newlyweds, Mm -hmm. buy one, get one free. And Are we going to give a promo to the... No, we're not. We're not. And here's why. So I went, uh-huh. and it was very similar to the graduation experience. My body recognized the emotional tie to this location. Mm-hmm. And I had just spoken at a friend's funeral, and I needed some food on the way home because it's a decent drive. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go to this place of nostalgia. I'm going to yeah. go in. I'm going to brave it myself. I'm sure you're feeling nostalgic anyway, yep, after right? after the funeral, you're for go- sure. gone to a funeral. So I'm going to walk in by myself. I'm going to be brave. I'm going to go in. I'm going to order the same thing I would have ordered. And it's just going to, you know, you, you create the expectation mm-hmm. for what the memory will be mm-hmm. or the experience. And I got in there. And to be honest, the service was incredibly slow and mm-hmm. kind of terrible. They got the order wrong. And the food 
just didn't taste as good. Or uh-huh. maybe it just didn't taste as good because I wasn't an right. almost starving 23-year-old college kid. But right. For whatever reason, in my mind, this location and the memories of the time we ate there and the dates we shared there was so beautiful and perfect that I wanted to go back into that. Yeah. Right? And I thought that day I could walk back in that restaurant and order that food and relive that. And instead, it kind of became, you know, you and I are big about learning mm-hmm. through experience. As I drove, continued my way driving north, I just thought, okay, huh. It just, it won't ever be what it was. Right. And I was okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't a sad thing. It was just more of a an acceptance mm-hmm. where the memories I have there and the time that we spent there and the beauty of being there was wonderful and I'll always treasure that. And it just isn't the same anymore period. Yeah. And and that was big for me to be like, oh, because you think you can go back and relive it and what if and it was and guess what? There's that it's saying. It's over. Right. Yeah. There's that saying you can never go back home. Yeah. And I've had that experience where I've gone back to visit my childhood home. Yeah. You can never go back home. And I, I think it's chemical. I think there's a lot of pieces to it, right? A hundred percent. So uh, part of those pieces are, I think... Like, for instance, when you're dating Brent and you're going there, there's dopamine, there's serotonin, there's all this. You're young, you're you're idealistic. You're feeling love. You might have a little oxytocin firing. Even if there's no physical stuff happening in your body, you're creating a lot. The energy of that, absolutely. And and those chemicals create, well. A euphoria. Yes. Like, after you have a baby, like, no matter what you eat after you have a baby, it's like the most amazing food ever. (laughs) I remember after my first baby was born, the only thing that they could get me, it was like 4 a.m., was a sandwich that had been like some food that somebody else had ordered, but nobody had eaten it, not touched. It was in the refrigerator. And it was a tuna bread sandwich on this, like, big bun. And it had a piece of blueberry cheesecake in the same wrapper. Okay. And the blueberries Tasted had... Tasted like tuna. No, the oh. blueberries had leaked over to the bread oh. and the bread had so soaked the bread up the blueberry. Blue. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember eating this blueberry tuna Cheesecake sandwich tuna. and I thought, oh my gosh, this is the most crazy... Like yes. I thought I came onto an invention of a new food yeah, like, line. This is going to be everyone's favorite. And so, but then I realized that no matter what Never I ate again. after every baby... Mm-hmm. It was like the most amazing so dish. I think it's chemical, it right? Is. There's the, and we talk a lot of energy, the energy yeah. people have or the energy places and experiences give us. But I think that's in this context of resilience after loss, we're looking at the fact that you, you have a memory, maybe you're creating a new memory, a place that you are or a food that you eat triggers an old memory, but then giving space for the fact that that old memory is where it was and when it was yeah, and no longer is. And that's okay. I think that was, as I, as I left that restaurant and as I left graduation and, and all those emotions, I, it was, it was good for my soul to kind of go back into that emotional depth. And then it was good for my soul to say, and I'm okay to come back out of that. And I didn't feel like I had to be afraid of it or stuck in it. I could visit it. I could get kind of that nostalgia and that overwhelm, but I could let go of that euphoric expectation Mm -hmm. that if only... It would all just be what it was because it, we're different. I'm different. The world is mm-hmm. different. And I'm okay to leave those beautiful memories where they were. That, I think, was my takeaway. Yeah. And I think it's a really good thing, you know, in moving forward. I know that for me, 
I treasure so many things differently than I did before John's loss. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Because I realize the time that I have with my family is limited. Right. Okay. And this is this is good. Let's take a break and come back because this takes me into something else for summers now that graduation and school's over. Traveling and those kind of memories with your children or family members, particularly mm-hmm. after loss. Let's yeah. dive into that. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Michelle, I love what you were saying before the break about you're, you're maybe a little more aware of time. Mm-hmm. You're more aware of the fact that you might not have a lot of it. My sister and I joke that we sometimes travel with our kids and nieces and nephews the same way grandparents might further mm-hmm. in the future. But it's because too many people in our family didn't make it to grandparent age. Like my dad was gone at 10. I never had the chance to introduce him to my kids, let alone take him on a trip with him. And Brent's not here to go with us on family experiences. So... To me, the idea of, oh, later, 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 that how I used to live, mm-hmm. well, you know, there's a time for that. And I get that there's a time and a season. We say that phrase all the time from the Bible, but maybe that time there's could be not, today. Yeah. There's, there's no there's guaranteed not. time. Right. There's no guaranteed time. Yeah. And if those things are important, you make time for the things that and are you important can make in it, life. You can make it happen now. Maybe you modify it. So let's talk. Michelle, what experiences have you had, whether or plans this summer or any of the summers since you've lost John? maybe with some of those traditions or travel experiences. And then I know Kellyanne has some thoughts about Disney and some family members close to her and where those memories come in. So right after John died, I took my daughter and my daughter-in-law and my two grandsons to Disneyland. And we drove out there. It was a long trip. We spent, I don't know, a week out there. We had so much fun. And, you know, it was really important for me to be able to spend that time and also create new memories because we had had some memories with John, like at Disney World in Florida, but John wasn't really able to participate because he was so sick. And for me, it was like, let's put memories over the top of these things that were hard, right? Places that we had gone, that we had done things that they didn't go so well. So that was really important to me. And then My daughter graduated college, and I had always wanted to go to Machu Picchu since I was 16. And so I went on a trip. Some friends planned a trip to Machu Picchu, and I took her with me to go to Machu Picchu as part of her gift for graduating college. And it was hard, but it was really, I feel like, really beneficial for us to be able to to take those steps and make new memories moving forward. Like you can't just whittle away and just say, well, he's gone. And so life stops here. Right. You just can't do it. Even though like that's almost the natural instinct is life must stop here because life stopped. Right. A new version of life continues forward and that's okay. Yeah. So what was that trip like? 
uh, Peru was amazing, and and so was Disneyland. We have some great memories from it. It was awesome. I I want to get in a position to where I can take my kids more. You know, they're still kind of young, so the cost is a problem right. for them. So I have typically fit the bill. I've had to be more cautious in this sure. economy. But I think that there's things that you can do. I know last year my son rented jet skis, and we just went out to the lake for his birthday and we had an amazing and to time. spend the day together. So it doesn't really, you don't have to go on a big trip. It right. doesn't have to be a destiny place. It doesn't have to be a faraway location. But I think making time for family members and doing things and creating memories are even more important now. And, you yeah. know, I'm not guaranteed anything. And I want my kids to have as many positive memories with me before I'm gone, too. Here's an experience I had recently. There's an, an older gentleman who used to work with my grandfather in the construction industry. And one of my cousins interviewed the business partner. Our grandfather's been deceased quite a while and just shared memories of our grandfather. And it was great. And in that interview, they mentioned my dad, who would have been obviously my grandfather's son. And this friend and business partner said one thing he remembered was that my dad and his dad, my grandfather, never really seemed to connect. And out of that entire, you know, hour-long interview that I listened to after my cousin shared that it, was the part that that's hit. what stuck out to me because, I mean, my dad ended up mm-hmm. ending his life by suicide. And I'm not saying it's because he didn't connect with his father. There's obviously right. so many circumstances. But I'm hypersensitive to anything I hear about my father and his relationships with people because of how difficult his adult life was. And I started thinking of well, my own probably kids. was a contributing right. factor, for sure. right? For you sure. have a disconnection. You don't have the support, right? Like and all what, of those things, of course, they plow into the... But he didn't say, oh, they never went to enough Disneyland trips mm-hmm. or they didn't take enough cruises together or he didn't spend enough money on him. He said they never seemed to connect. So that's been in my mind if I'm maybe traveling with my kids. Maybe it's a camp out. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a day at the park. Maybe it's a few hours. It doesn't have to even be a whole mm-hmm. week. If time is a limited resource, just like money, creating opportunities for the connection that is more likely to come in a natural environment than, I mean, we joke all the time. You mm-hmm. don't sit down with your teenager or young adult child and say, tell me all your feelings. Right. Let's process your childhood. No, but it is about learning how to have presence and being present yes. with them yes. when you are with them. And they notice things. They notice things like, you know, picking up your phone or taking calls all the time. Mm-hmm. Or my kids used to harass me all the time about that. And now I make a concerted effort that when they are over, I put my phone away. I leave it. I usually oh, go put it thing. on the charger in my room and just walk away so that from it. So it's not a distraction? It's not a distraction. And I'm there. Present. I'm present for my kids. Yeah. You know, my time with them is limited. Their time to be with me is limited. I don't need to take distraction. There is nothing pressing in my life that requires me to go outside of that relationship while I'm there with them. Yeah. And honestly, I do it with most of my friends. The only calls I will take with friends is if it is my adult children, even though that they are adults, right? you know? Yeah. But I want to get back onto this taking trips and traveling. And I felt like Kellyanne had some good No, For those of you who don't know, Kellyanne is a huge Disney person. So we are not saying you have to go to Disney to create memories or honor tradition, but you could. And we can't have a show with Kellyanne and not promote Disney. She is and- wearing a Disney dress as we speak, people. <laughs> 
But we'd it's, love to hear she is her experiences. Fan everything, and for those of you don't that don't know or maybe don't follow, but would like to, she is also the producer and co-host of Fan Effects and uh, the podcast, and it's everything Fan Kingdom. And I can't even say these things right because I'm not a fandom person. And she or, has all the costumes she, and all I know. the outfits. I need to to go into her. Her storage, wardrobe. Yeah, her storage shit. I've got some and things coming up. And she throws a up. killer party. But let's talk, Kellyanne, can you share with yes. us, you've you've got a family that's maybe not your biological family, mm-hmm. but family nonetheless. Yeah, and not... you experienced great loss mm-hmm. a little about a year ago. Talk us yeah. through that and how Disney <laughs> memories <laughs> bind you together. Yes. So, you know, I've never gotten married. I'm in my mid-30s, but I might not have found my in-laws, but I found my in-hearts. And it's my best friend's family. And I've I traveled to Disney with Disneyland a few times with them. And uh, her father uh, passed away of prostate cancer last year. And one of our last trips was to Disney with all of them. And, you know, they just, they're always just another daughter. Um, I have matching shirts and Minnie Mouse ears to, to prove that. And so he passed away in 2022. We realized 2023 would still be a bit too painful to go to Disney, but we've, we set our next trip for March, 2024. And we are constantly talking about him. You know, we're finding different ways to honor him within our households and we're planning on ways to honor him within the trip as well. So we've already discussed, you know, the first thing we're going to do is go to Pirates of the Caribbean because that's his favorite place. We're going to talk about him and honor his memory because, one of the reasons Disney is special was his love for it, which he spread to his children and my family has as well. And we don't want to forget that. And it's kind of poetic as well because when my grandma passed away on my dad's side, we'd actually had a Disney trip planned for right after she had passed away. And we discussed it as a family and we chose to go anyway to continue the trip yeah. and go down. And I don't know if you know this, but you can get different batches at Disneyland. Right, right. Um, First birthday, birthday got married. And, and they yeah. have a general one that says, I'm celebrating. Oh. And you write and fill in, in the, the Sharpie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite pictures is my dad standing in Adventureland, one of our favorite places. Uh, my grandparents love Polynesia. They served missions there in Hawaii and everything. So my dad has this badge on, tears in his eyes, and says, I'm celebrating mom. Oh, um, that's so sweet. Right? <laughs> and so we still continue to have the presence of the people that have yeah. passed in our lives there. We discuss them, we talk about them, and we include them in, in right. a special Right, I love way. that. Mm-hmm. And that open communication, again, I just keep coming back to the word both. Mm-hmm. It can be triggering and beautiful. Mm-hmm. It can mm-hmm. be overwhelming and still fun. And that's... We have to give ourselves space for mm-hmm. all the emotions because otherwise, you know, maybe for some people, their best path is to avoid yeah. and, and just say, you know, I can't, I can't go back to that place or mm-hmm. I can't revisit those emotions. And that's okay too. There's, there's no right or wrong way, right? But if you're in a space where you can take yesterday's beautiful memories and combine them with today and tomorrow's new memories... Mm-hmm. There can be space for both, and there might be tears and a little bit of agony along the way, and I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. In fact, I know it's okay. Yeah, so we, we continue to visit those places. Right now, my, my Facebook profile is, is my grandfather and I at my annual Disney's Adventureland party from a few years ago. Aww. So even though they're they're not at those places, we continue to honor them. And 
it's going to be hard um, with this upcoming trip without my my best friend's father. Uh, but we are still excited to go and to celebrate and to be there, not just for ourselves, but for him. Well, we are so excited to hear how the trip goes because it's coming up. And when we come back, we'll take one more look at summertime and memories after loss. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. We're talking summer and vacations or other memories and experiences after loss. It's funny, as we sit here in the studio, it's early June, and I had mentioned my daughter graduated, and part of graduation, of course, is senior trips or senior adventures, and she had long ago signed up with the theater department at our high school to join a big group of students and teachers going to Broadway. Mm-hmm. And we knew about it. She you know, saved money, paid for it here and there, and got to the end, and one of the other moms said she was going to go. And I said, oh, that's so fun. I think Megan would kill me if I showed up on her senior trip. <laughs> like, I don't think she wants me there. And I made excuse after excuse. I can't really leave a week. I have all the other kids. Life is busy. It's expensive, whatever. Until finally in the middle of the week during the, the trip, Meg's in New York having a great time. I'm home with the other kids doing what needs to be done. I just had this overwhelming feeling like, go to New York. And I'm, I'm running through my mind like, I can't just up and go to New York. Like, I live in Utah. And then my mind just kept going, well, I have some frequent flyer miles. It would cost me $11.20 because mm-hmm. I could use just the fee. And I could go for a day. I'm like, who goes to New York for a day? I wouldn't even need a hotel. Anyway, I kid you not, at 10 p.m. that night, I left my house. I drove to Salt Lake International. I got on an airplane. I flew into New York. I literally spent the day and then... The next evening, I flew back and, you know, I was gone in 24 hours. I think my timestamp on my parking ticket or parking garage was 23 hours and 22 minutes. Oh, wow. And so I only had on the ground maybe six hours with my daughter and her friends. And in this, I mean, again, it worked out because I had the flight miles. A last-minute plane ticket would have been really expensive. But I just thought, you know what I gave up to go there is I lost some sleep. I'm not going to lie because I took the red eye. I had to rearrange for the kids, but I was able to find someone for the other kids to be with or play with. And the couple wanted to be with cousins anyway. And it all just started to fall into place. And then it was amazing. Like there's something about being with your kids in their natural environment. Not Mm -hmm. that New York's Meg's natural environment, but with her friends. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just me and her. And it wasn't even me and her and her friends in our living room. But it was me with her and her friends creating brand new memories. And several times on that trip, Brent came up. Because of Brent's service in the global war on terrorism, there's ties to 9-11, which have a lot of ties to New York. And our family's gone back and forth to New York several times with an organization called Tunnel to Towers, including we went to Coney Island. Well, last time we were in Coney Island, it was with a firefighter who had cleaned up the rubble in 9-11, which triggered memories Mm -hmm. of dad. So then Megan and I, in a very lighthearted environment, could share memories of her dad with some of these high school friends that didn't know him because she was barely in eighth grade when he died. And I just, all day, I was so happy and so grateful. And I literally almost bawled through security I, coming back. I know. I in fact, if we were recording up. this podcast right now, I would probably still be on oh. Broadway. But then that wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't mm-hmm. have worked for me to abandon everything and the other kids, but it worked when it did. So I guess my, my takeaway was if you feel... For me, it was just a thought. It was an idea. It kept coming back all day. It was dumb. It made no sense. Who goes to New York for the day? 
but I was able to rearrange what I could for a very limited amount of time and create some magical memories that made space for older memories to come out in a safe environment. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it will be one of the highlights of my, my relationship with Meg. Um, I, I will both remember it forever, forever. Mm-hmm. And it was just a few hours. So don't think it has to be thousands of dollars and, and seven or eight days and on a big cruise ship or a fancy hotel resort. What could you do this week? Yeah. Is there an opportunity this week that you might have to rearrange a few things and maybe give up a little sleep? Or I did have to bail on a meeting and heaven bless the Major Brent Taylor Foundation for holding the monthly foundation meeting without me. I love you people. I was at Coney Island, but it worked. I yeah. wouldn't skip every meeting to go travel. Right. But the thought in my heart, again, that energy, yeah. my body and soul knew I needed that day with my daughter. And it's funny because I was really worried she'd be mad. Like, mom, mm-hmm. this is my senior trip. But both of us at the end of the day were like, this was awesome. I'm so glad I came. It was beautiful. Oh, so cool. So look for those opportunities. You know, if you have that instinct or gut feeling, like sometimes drop everything yeah. and go be in the moment. And sometimes creating a safe, even spontaneous moment today might bring some healing for yesterday's yeah, memories. Absolutely. You know, John's celebration of life was held out in the racetrack and I hadn't gone out there for a long time and it took me a lot to to go the very first time and it was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. I I I wanted to be there but I felt so out of place because John wasn't there and he wasn't a part of it. But this last just a couple of weeks ago I went out with my son races out there and they had a big event out there and I went out there and I had so much fun. And I missed it, actually. And I thought, it's okay. I can be here and I can create new memories. Yeah. And it's going to be okay. Whereas I have been really avoiding it, even right. though it's a place right. that I want to go out and participate and be a part of. And so, anyway, I totally get it. And take that step to yeah. let yourself be in the space. And again, create space for both. Yesterday's memories might bring tears and yeah. longing and and that, ah, uh, that pulls at you. But there's also room for beauty ahead. And, you know, even though New York has traditionally been a city, Megan and I visit for things related to her deceased father. Yesterday was a chance for us to just love and remember him and laugh and create a whole new. I mean, I think it just put us on a different trajectory. These moments where you're in that turning point where you could wallow, you could you could mm-hmm. sit, you could blame, you could be angry, you could be hurt, and you might be, mm-hmm. and that's okay. And how do you use these magical moments, brief as they might be, to say we're okay? Yeah. We're going to be okay. I can go back to the racetrack. I can go mm-hmm. back to the funeral venue. I can sit at the cemetery. It's Memorial Day was this week, too, so, you know, just every emotion in the book. We can do this. Yeah. We can do this. I had an interesting experience, actually, Jenny. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I I posted the picture of Brent with a flag, and I just said very few comments. I didn't want to get into a long thing. And somebody had read it on Facebook, and I was at a singles poll party event. And I got the message while I was there, and all of a sudden, I was just overcome with emotion. It was really interesting Mm -hmm. because what they wrote is, this day must be a very hard day for you. And I thought, well, no, it's not a hard day for me. I don't have anyone that died in the military. And then all of a sudden, the feelings just erupted inside me. And I'm like, actually, that's not true. And I realized that they had seen the the post. post. 
And I'm like, you know, I didn't really know Brent in right. life. Right. So I don't really think of about me knowing someone who was killed in action. But Brent is a big part of my life in many ways. Isn't it because crazy? Of, because of the offering that he made while in service. Yeah. And um, and the connection to I, us started that with that. Right. I mean, that's what brought us together. Yeah. So I'm like, anyway, so I'm sitting at a pool party and I have to sit down and all of a sudden I start bawling. It will hit you out of nowhere. Right. And yeah. I'm like, my girlfriend's like, I'm fine, I'm like fine. what's going on? Are you okay? And I go, it's okay. It's just grief. It's rather it just comes. inconvenient. <laughs> and I'm like, but this is great. I've yeah. gotten to the point where grief is rather inconvenient yeah. and yet. I embrace it. And yet you that is the beauty of it there, to let those tears come, let the emotion come. And it is inconvenient, mm-hmm. but it's a part of the beauty of life. And as, you know, whatever the quote says, the the price of that real love is paid for in the feelings of real loss. What mm-hmm. if we felt no loss? <laughs> like, right. that would be much worse if I, we didn't miss. We're now that both. our wives are intertwined, I, yeah. I think of you, I never knew John. And right. yet... Anytime anybody says anything about the racetrack, the Miller, whatever sports thing, uh-huh. I'm John, that's my only association. Yeah. So. Oh, my gosh. Jenny, I look back the last five years. I'm like, this is so strange. I mean, it's so strange because even before Brent left, I saw you guys at his farewell that all of our political friends were at. And I was so sad that I wasn't there. And I really wanted to be. But I was home taking care of a sick man with cancer that was not doing well. And I had reached out to like our friend uh, Carrie Ann Malkovich and was kind of like in touch. But I knew I was watching that and I was seeing pictures of you and I'm like, I need to serve her in some way. But the funny thing about it is that never happened. And what ended up happening is I think that we've been serving one another as we've been serving others through our podcast. And it's kind of been an interesting thing. But on that note, it's been almost five years. My daughter reached out to me and said, what are we doing for the 4th of July? Oh, it was dad's favorite. That's his favorite. Favorite oh, holiday. And yeah. um, on the 18th, he died. Mm. So I'm coming up on five years. It's coming right around fast. The corner. I, I wanted to do a lot of things. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get them all done. But I, I just can't believe it's happening already. Like, yeah. where did this year go? I don't know. It's just, it's all of a sudden It's the same thing where each day can drag on and feel like a million years and four or five years can go by in a blink. It's so crazy. So I want to do another co-host podcast where we really talk about the five years of grief and the evolution of grief that we've been through. Because what I've noticed, and and I know that that you've done done it too, we're on widow sites and some widows yeah. are in their 15 years and they're still at the exact same place I was at yeah. six months at one day one and I'm not judging that sure. like there's no right or wrong way. there's no yeah. right or wrong way but it is not healthy to stay lost in that grief to stay stuck like take the grief with you yes. if you need to but don't stay right. stuck and the only way through grief is literally through it. through it. You got to feel it. You got to be I, in the closet, broken down, let's, crying the tears, right? Let's do that on a future conversation yeah. because I, I recently had a conversation with a friend, a friend I hardly knew before Brent died, but now we're pretty good friends. And I realized in that conversation how much of my day-to-day life is 100% different since mm-hmm. Brent died. Uh, the people I associate with, the work I do, even the house I live in, the car I drive, the food I eat, the way I dress, everything mm-hmm. I am a completely new person. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't bring with me who I was and mm-hmm. who Brent was as part of me, 
But let's talk about that again soon because I feel like both of us, we've gone up, we've gone down, we've had highs, we've had lows. I would say we're living. And I think our husbands yeah. would be happy with how we've moved one step ahead, forward, and, and sometimes backwards and up and, and down. And that's the, the I phrase. Like we're I, living our best lives. I, I, I agree. And I at least feel like I'm on the journey to living my sure. best life, right? Like, I'll, right. I think it is a journey, not right? the destination, for yeah. sure. Let's so, talk about that soon. So, yeah, I, I really want to do that. But I think it, it'll be a, a great opportunity for us to revisit and really kind of expand on resilience and us exercising those right. muscles and kind of getting deeper into, like, there really is some actual tools of resilience yeah. that can help you move forward. And I like move forward rather than moving And it is an exercise. And it is an exercise. I just recently heard from somebody that said that I needed to move on from my loss of John. And I... Told, I'm sorry for laughing. <laughs> and I just told them, I'm never moving on. Yeah. So if you... If that's what you're waiting for, sorry, buddy. If that's what you're waiting for, it will never happen. Am I moving forward? I'm constantly moving forward. John was my husband for 32 years. He's the father to my children, and he's the grandfather to my grandkids. And his memory's not going to die, and he walks with me, and he has been with me. You take him with you. You don't move on and leave him behind. You move forward with him in the memories. And that'll be the challenging issue in a relationship, right? Right. I just had that terrible breakup. What what was the impotence for that breakup? It was literally the experience of I believed John had touched my back. I woke up to kiss him goodbye like I would have done any other day. Yeah. And I realized he was gone. And I heard a voice say, it's time to let him go. Interesting. And that was the Because you still have that point. connection to him. He still loves and cares for he you. Still He's still providing part of for, you. He's still providing for and protecting over me. Yeah. And I know that more now than ever. And they ever. will forever. And and so it's not moving on; it's moving forward and, and so, taking him with you. Yep. So okay. I, I would love to have that discussion. More great in depth. conversations yep. to come. So, if you have liked what you heard today, you can subscribe for free to our podcast. You can give us a rating and review. That really helps us uh, move up in the podcast list. If you know someone who has a story that they'd like to share, just contact work. us on social media. <laughs> contact us on social media. Uh, on Facebook at Relentlessly Resilient. There's a link to my calendar, I believe, on my podcast. If it's not, I'll get it up there by the end of the day. And uh, you can schedule a 15-minute call to be able to have a discussion with me. I'm happy to have it and see if we can get you on and get you scheduled for an upcoming episode. And remember, whatever you do today... Remember to be kind. You have no idea the struggles other people are dealing with in their lives. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.